That L Word Podcast. Do you need the leadership work? Can you even love? A podcast about leadership and everything of people afraid to say out loud. Do you love yourself? Because if you ain't leading yourself, how can you lead a multi-million dollar corporation? We're back again. It's I love for everybody listening. <laughs> We're, we do four sessions. We always say that. We just did one about Morgan's uh, experience, which hopefully you've already listened to. And we've got two guests coming in after this. So I was texting with Morgan like, hey, what's one more topic? This is Morgan's topic. And four times this morning, he's already said, what are we talking about again? <laughs> I'm like, you came up with it. Yeah. So it'll come naturally when you remind me. <laughs> That's how it works, man. People like either. I, mean, I know people are cringing, and especially you know our very uh, attention to detail oriented listeners. You didn't plan this out. You didn't write out an uh, outline. Not ever, never. Jody has a clipboard in front of him. I just started there doing this with water. <laughs> well, it, with the clipboard, I put it in four, <laughs> and this is mainly to help with the show notes sure. afterwards, so I can remember. And uh, yeah. So what are we talking about again? Uh. See, he's looking. Don't look. Enthusiastic performance? Enhancing performance. Oh, enhancing performance. My God. <laughs> it's, we talk about performance. That's the key. Successful, <laughs> right? No matter being able to pivot on a dime. That's what I'm able to do. I'm pivoting. And getting it, making it better. Making your performance yeah, better. Yeah, enhancing performance, right? Uh, and that's the that's the key, right? Um, I, I'm going to go into a little story. Let's do it. I'm not learning about Here myself when it comes to performance. And... And when I was in elementary school, I was always in that gifted class. And I'm not talking about the class where you're smarter than everybody else. The, the one that they basically said you were bad or you you're, you had a disability when it came to learning. Um, that's what they called the gifted class back in the early 90s, late 80s, um, you know, to date myself a little bit. Um, and I graduated <clears throat> high school in the early 90s. <laughs> exactly. I was going into <laughs> high school in 94. So, but what... People told me, like they told me I wasn't smart. They told me that, um, I, you know, I wouldn't like everybody else, and I needed extra help. And um, and one thing I had, um, I was taking Ritalin because of my ADHD. Um, thank thank God I stopped taking that stuff. And then I was diagnosed with dyslexia, right? And these things I didn't I didn't really know what that that was. Then they didn't, you know. I learned that's what, you know, I was dealing with then. And what was great over time is, like, I told – no, hold on. This part wasn't great, but the, there's the great part after this. The, the, over time, I've started to believe that. Like, I wasn't smart, that I wasn't worthy of being with the rest of the kids. And, and I was intimidated by reading, writing, spelling, math, school. Let's mm-hmm. go there, right? I was intimidated by anything uh, regarding academia, right? And over over a, a large amount of time, I didn't allow myself to speak. Uh, I remember joining when I joined the Marine Corps, and we were actually, matter of fact, in Jacksonville, North Carolina. We were at school, and I was asked to read in front of the class. And if you heard anything I've already said, I was like, "Oh hell," because I don't know words. You know, I was I wasn't a great kid in school, so I wasn't really learning. I was more of the class clown because I was trying to. Um, what I've learned now that I was trying to, you know, take the tension. Like overcompensate. Yeah, I was yeah. compensating for something else uh, because I would, I didn't know the this, this stuff. So I was like, okay, if you laugh at me, then I'm just going to be, my personality is going to show. Uh, 
what I've learned over time is that literally molded me in the, to who I am today in a positive way. Because what I learned about being dyslexic, you learn how to learn in different ways. Well, I never read well, so I memorized things, right? And I'm I, memorization is I'm I got a photographic memory, so all these other things were enhanced on me over time. And what it has helped me with today is that I'm able to speak at the drop of a dime about any subject, about any topic, because that's what I'm good at. I still struggle a little bit with the ability. Not the ability. I can I can read. It, I still struggle with the confidence to get in front of people. The people would never know that about me, right? But what I learned is when we talked about in you know um, enhancing performance is that what I thought was a crutch was my greatest asset. I adapted because I I I allowed myself to look at what I was going through in a different light, and sometimes. My whole point is this, is sometimes like when it comes down to enhancing performance, it's not about you trying to find what works for you. It's like, how do you make what you have work for you? How do you allow the skills you do have to be one is be your strongest assets? And still taking the time to develop the other one. Because when we enhance the performance, it's not saying I don't think anyone lacks it, right? We just not we we are more for we are more controlled by what we think everybody else thinks we should have. I should be able to read this. I should be able to write this. Um, I learned this from you when writing my books. Like, maybe writing ain't my thing. I can get the words out, but that's why they have editors and copyright editors. and, mm-hmm. and Like, somebody's there to do that for me because everybody's not good at it. And then I started to listen to, to, to podcasts and read books, and you hear these very intelligent people talking about how they have a problem reading and writing. And they're millionaires. And I'm like, well, how, if they could do it, like, what? Am, why am I holding myself back? Because the, I was so focused on trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be instead of enhancing the abilities that I have and really letting those catapult me to somewhere else in my life, right? And so I, I think this story is of, it's not about, what we're about to talk about is not about just somebody else or you going somewhere and, and getting an enhanced performance. It's looking at what you have to offer and how do you build on that. And, you know, I, when I think about enhancing performance from a team aspect or the individuals on a team, it's looking at the things that are intrinsic in a, in a person that you can pull from them. Mm-hmm. And so the example you just gave was one of great self-awareness knowing that this is where I am and this is where I want to be, and these are the things that I need to do or the areas that I need to grow to enhance my own performance. Right. And then in, in looking at how we would apply that to a team in you know, corporate setting or any kind of team, really, enhancing the performance of the individuals for the betterment of the team, right? And that comes down to, I think, a lot of self-awareness in the leader as well as deep relationships with the people that are on the team. Oh, my, my athlete and friend, uh, Juan, said something to me. He said, enhancing performance is deeply personal, right? It's, it's, a, it's a personal thing. Like, we can, we, we, the, we, we are talking about the team aspect, but each, even as a leader, as you look at your team, the way you enhance each individual for the betterment of the group 
is very important. And it, 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 it's not about saying you, you, you should do this and this is how you should do it. It's how do you communicate that to this individual to m- make sure that everyone meets in the middle. And I think our first takeaway tip might be <clears throat> getting to know everybody on the team first because mm. everybody needs to be motivated differently. Yeah. Oh, I'm ready this one. This is the Ooh, this topic that I just remember is getting good. <laughs> Sometimes you got to bring Morgan back around. He's he's like Alice in Wonderland. He goes down the rabbit hole. But that's the key, right? The um, the heightened performance, right? How do we how where does that come from? And it's crazy. I, I like this because it's literally what I had to talk about in a, in a, in a, in a speech that I had to give. And it talks up and, and for me it's like Performance comes from what you just said. It's really getting to know yourself, really getting to know who you are. What is your origin story? Like, how did you get here? Is it holding you back? Is it propelling you forward, right? Or has it helped you build resilience over the amount of time that you've been doing it? Or all of it. All of it. Like, all of it. There's bits and pieces, right? And I think sometimes when I speak to people that think they they don't have the performance capabilities that they that they possess— is that they don't look at their whole story. They look at, sometimes, in, and in most cases, they look at their story as like a hindrance. Um, even the bad times of my life or the most challenging times of my life has literally made me who I, like we just talked about it, right? Scary moments. And um, during that one moment when I had to get up and read that stuff, I couldn't read a word, and the whole, word, the whole classroom read the word to me and then laughed. They didn't make me feel good at all. Right. But I was like... I'm going to fix that. And then that's when I got up and talked anytime I could. That point right there, I'm going to fix that. So you had an option or a decision to Mm. make. You could have been, you could have played victim. Right. Or you could have played creator. You chose to shift gears into creator mode. I got tired of it. I get, I don't like being laughed at. Like I, even today, like I, I'm not okay with that. Sure. (laughs) Not unless I'm being funny on purpose, but, uh, you know, young people are cruel. Right. But how often do people sit in that victim mindset and say, this has been done to me instead of shifting gears into creator? What does it take for somebody to shift gears into creator mode and improve themselves? Introspection. Right. And then if we were to apply that on a team template, how do you motivate people on your team to not sit in victimhood and to shift into creator mode. You got to show them that they're sitting in it first because uh, if you, I have a big thing, I think this goes with I've, everything I've read and everything we've talked about. If you don't know your origin story, you really don't know where you can end up, right? Because you get stuck some different places. And most people, maybe that's hard for you all to believe, y'all sitting victim. What they didn't give me, what I wasn't able to do because of them and what they said to me or how they treated me. Yeah, if you sit there, you're going to stay there. And it's, and it's, and it's going to be a lonely place, and you're going to always be talking about, I would have, should have, could have, you know what I mean? And I, I call them was gonnas. Was gonnas. <laughs> I was gonna. I was going to do that. You know, and, and I, <clears throat> I encountered that a lot in my military career. Ah, I'm about to bring that up. Somebody was like, <laughs> you know, oh, I was going to do that, but. I was going to join the Navy, but. <laughs> it's always followed by a but. <clears throat> you know, that's. Oh, yeah. That's somebody who's who's not trying to necessarily enhance themselves or enhance their own performance or take it to the next level. There's always an excuse. Yeah. And that's problematic in a team. 
change in performance is takes ownership. Like you have to have ownership of every bit of everything that you're doing, right? And the team has to say, okay, what did sit down? Say we you sit down as a four man team. It's like, okay, what did we do wrong? What can we do better? How can we work on that? Ownership is a great point, <clears throat> especially from the leadership standpoint. Mm-hmm. If you've got a team that's underperforming, it ain't their fault. You have to first. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. it. You have it to first take ownership of that. But mm-hmm. how many leaders have you encountered? I know ah! I've seen plenty who will say, "My team sucks," or "I don't mm-hmm. have the right mix of people on my team." Again, they're playing the victim, but more from a leadership standpoint. They're like a a, a leader victim instead of shifting into creator and saying, "My team's not where we need to be. What do we have to do to get out of this?" What do we have to do to enhance our performance? And I think it starts with the leader taking ownership, if that's the case. If you, as a leader, had a failing team, you failed to lead. And the first question I would ask that leader is, what do you know about each person on your team? They don't usually and know anything. Usually they don't know anything. <laughs> they were like, uh, and I mentor, I mentor coaches and I talk to executives and you know, they say they're not performing at this level. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Um, you know, they're not creating this this thing that I want them to do. And it's not so, so. Were they capable of doing it? Did you have a conversation with them? The, many times we we oh, what's this quote? Not a quote, but it's a saying. You become a victim. Uh, it's called um, ah, no, what is it? The curse of knowledge, right? When you come down on somebody. Because they're in a place where you already are, but you forget that you had to go through it as well. I saw this all the time in the military where people would complain writ large about the young folks, the young sailors and Marines that were coming out of their initial schooling. (laughs) You would hear it over and over. They're not prepared. They're not teaching them what they need to know. (laughs) And that's exactly it. Like the first question I would ask them is, okay, they came out of, you know, we call it a school, right? Like it's their basic trade school. They come out of that school. They have a basic foundation of knowledge. What have you done to get them up to speed? You know, and I'm using my air quotes, everybody, to to get that fleet knowledge, you know, of of where you all are operating as a team. Of course, they're not going to know everything, A. And B, I guarantee you, they are coming out of school with knowledge you don't have Guarantee because that. the school is staying up to date. Yeah, yeah. And so what are you, you doing? <laughs> what are you doing to pull the new knowledge that they do have into the team? And in doing so, you're going to help them assimilate into the team more quickly because you're you're empowering them by saying, Hey, you've got knowledge we don't have. We have knowledge you don't have. How are we going to bring this all together? But the point being, failing leaders. 99% of the time have no idea what about the people on their team. What's funny is, like, as a leader myself, I would, when I had those moments, I would ask, I would ask the people, usually, you know, the, my, my next level supervisors that are under me or something like that. And I was like, damn, did, were we, did we used to do that too? And I would have, like, to me, I would, like, kind of challenge myself. I was like, was I like this too? Was did I do these same things? And and what they always say, yes, you did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were just like them. Yep. I'm like, no wonder my this person was on me like this, or they kept saying these things to me because like we become the old guy behind the desk, as you call it, right? You know, or like in in a 
in a, I guess in a in a more civilian terms, like you know, the moment you become your mom or your dad, you like, ah, oh, I just came, I just did what my dad was saying, or I just did what my mom said, you know, you. It, but you had to get to the level of experience of life or your profession to be able to see what they were seeing at that time when you were young or you were just starting or um, you were doing a new product that you had never done before because you don't have to be young or um, you could be old and still have these same issues because that's the great thing. Even like you talk about the school, there's always new information. There's always a new project. There's always another step. Uh, and we sometimes, majority of the times, people get stuck. I'm like, oh, Oh, this I you know when I when I said it to myself, I you know we call it the I remember when. Oh yeah, back in my day, <laughs> I remember when or when this company first started. Uh, but when I, when last time I said, but this, how did that? Uh, there's two things I asked. Depending on the, the scenario uh, of the of the conversation, is like, how long ago was that, right? And then the next one is the big one. How did it work out for you? Right, because if 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 something is changing, obviously either it needs to grow, or you or need to do something different. And if you're telling me, oh, this is the way I used to do it, I have oh, this is a big one. Mm, athletes, listen to this one, and they come to me and they like they hire me, and it's like we were like two or three weeks in. I ain't never done it like this before. Why'd you hire me? Yeah, like well, that's the whole point, right? Like you haven't done it like this before, so that means learning can occur. We we are, we fall victim to complacency, so easy in society, so easy. Well, what got you? What got you here won't get you there, and that always rang true with me when I was racing, and uh, or just running whatever, and and doing long races. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's two o'clock in the morning. I'm seventy five miles into a hundred mile race, and sure, I just ran seventy five miles. But I still have 25 to go. You run into those 25 or it's a whole, oh. And so if you were to overlay that into, well, back in my day or that's not, you know, we the way we used to do it, sure, that got you where you are. But are you trying to finish? Are you trying to grow? Are you trying to keep mm-hmm. going? Relentless forward motion, you know? Right. Or are you happy sitting right here? And in most team settings, most corporate settings, they are trying to go because they're they're either – you know, uh, trying to outpace their competition or they're trying to increase their revenue or whatever their goals are. So they can't sit on their laurels. They can't rest on that, right? So then what are you doing to motivate your people to grow and enhance their performance? What? So the question I have for you is like, why is it, why is performance so important? Like, like, like and I know it, it may sound like a, a question like, oh, it is because you want to be better, but but why is it so important in in a team setting? Like, why why focus on performance? Why not focus on you know something else, emotional growth or something like that? Or performance in my mind, if you're asking me the question, performance is the end state. Performance is the result. If I if this was a math equation. Mm. And never do math in public, okay. right? So if there's any math nerds out there, cool your, cool your jets. Uh, but if you were to add relationship building with caring, with listening, with love, with growth, with motivation, all of those equal performance. I like that. Performance is the end state. 
Performance is the sum of all of that. It's it's what you're after. It's the write that down. Yeah, yeah. That's the like, that's gonna be the name of this. <laughs> Performance is the instinct. Like that is that's that is my oh man, that's a really good one. Like I never looked at it like that because sometimes it's like how are you performing? Right, we use it that that word in that in in that term. Um, it's like what are you doing daily? But like I've never looked at it. What is the end state? Well, that's what you, bases your performance, but it makes sense, one hundred percent. It's the result in it. So if you're asking somebody, then you're mm-hmm. it, that's a great point because if you're asking, how are you performing? You're just asking them for the for the end state, for the answer, for the not sum, what you're doing, not all the things that are leading to that. The, wow. Really, the performance is kind of an objective measure that shouldn't even be talked about. It should just be kind of. I don't know, in a report or whatever, it's all the other things that lead but to so that. So many of us don't think like that. We, we're we looking at performances like, what are you consistent? What are you doing all the time? But that is not, that is the practice. That is the implementation and the performance is the end goal, the end state, the the accomplishment. You How be, did you perform? That's right. So it's, it's almost like doing a math problem. You know, when you're doing your math <laughs> test, right. you have to show your work. That might be that might be the name of the t- that thing right there. You have to show your work. That was so deep. If you ask a leader, <laughs> show me that your work, deep. not just the not just the the uh, the answer to the problem. I always tell uh, people that I'm mentoring is like if you can't explain it, it means you don't understand it. And so anybody can go through the motions. That's right. So what about a leader who has a great team that's just like here's the answer, but they can't explain to you because it's probably what they idea that way. <laughs> right. They can't say, oh, that's Morgan. He likes bike riding and he's, you know, got daughters and blah, blah, blah. All the things that make you a great leader and help you motivate your people, you're not showing your work. I got to tell up with the problem. Don't if if you if you can't explain what you want somebody else to understand, then you're not ready to teach them. I think that's the, that's a key part of, you know. When it comes down to performance, right? And like, and your performance as a leader is like, as we talked about teams and enhancing performance. What after you teach them how to do A, B, and C, what does that equate to? If they're failing, then they they're you're not enhancing them at all, right? They're actually they're, they make they could be going backwards or they could be just stagnant in in in, in a sense. So. Performance is the, man. I, I just I can't. Get, <laughs> that's a that's a big one, man. For me, because like I never looked at it that way. Um, I always looked at about like what am I constantly doing? I can, I perform at a high level, and so when I say it, even when I say it out loud, it's like like me riding. And I'm always performing, but my perf- the performance at the end state makes me reevaluate the processes of me getting there. And I don't think we look at that often enough. Even if you were to, to put it in context to yourself, it, you know, to use your the example that we opened the show with, or, you know, just right now, if you're trying to enhance your own performance, mm-hmm. again, to your point, it's not just the end state. It's not the performance. What are you doing to love yourself? What are you doing to care for yourself? What you, are you listening to yourself? So in an athletic standpoint, are you listening to your body when it's saying, I need to rest? And you could apply that same template to a team as a leader. Are you listening to your team when they say, hey, we are, we are wrung out. We need to rest. Are you growing the relationships with the members on your team so that you know what they need 
motivationally to continue to grow and get better. Yeah. Just because you, you know, let's say you have a, a great uh, onboarding with a new team member and you get to know them and everything's is good. You've got that initial foundation, but then you never grow from that back to the mindset of, well, the, you know, uh, this is the way we've always done it or whatever. You've, you're kind of stuck in that moment in time. What got you here is not going to get you there. there. That applies with people too. Just because you learn something about somebody doesn't mean that you don't need to continue to grow that relationship and build it, strengthening it. I don't know if I, I'm, we in, we recording at the same time, but like I have this thought. We had this talk today, driving here. I'm really contemplating what I want to do in my life. Like this, that is the subject for today. <laughs> like literally for me. And it's crazy. Or how, like, how do I create, what am I leaving out? Like, what part, like, am I'm trying to measure my performance in in minutes, which is, like, we go back to the quote again, what got you here, because I'm thinking that, and we talked about your growth as well, what got us here won't get us there, and there is different than here. And there is changing every day. Every day gone day. And maybe I'm expecting it to be the same. What, what do we do with that? Like, what? Like, how do I, if I'm expecting it, to, maybe that is my problem. I'm expecting the same amount of growth in the same place. And you said something this morning on the drive. He's like, sometimes I just got to sit back and let it happen. You, you remember that? Yeah. And like. You're trying to force it because I'm thinking performance is daily. I think I need to be doing something now, but the performance is the end state, and I'm, I just haven't reached the end state yet. What just bubbled up for me is a guy fishing or a okay. gal fishing, somebody fishing, right? Sitting in a boat. Imagine, you know, just to your point of you just got to let it happen. Mm-hmm. So you, you can't you, make the fish get on the you line. You can't make the fish get on the line. You can coast You can coast it. That's right. So maybe you've done the research. You've got the right bait. You're in the right fishing hole. You're in. You've done all the things you can do. Once you cast that line, and we've all probably, if anybody's ever fished, especially if you've ever fished with me when I was younger, I would throw it out there and I reel it back in. I'm like, there's no fish, and I throw it out and I reel. You know, sounds like me now. And it, that's my point. Patience. Performance is patience. And if if we were to use you as an example in a team setting, right. what if every member of your team is going through something different every single day? And it's the leader's responsibility to know thing. what's changing in their lives. Finger on the pulse. You can't just say, oh, I know Morgan, and let it be. Complacency. Can we go back to the same thing, right? And I've talked to so many leaders that, and I'm, I'm sure we all fall victim to this at some point, just based on you know. We want to do less. Things. We want to do less. Like we we stop because, like getting to the end state, building the performance is continuous. And what we want to do is like I did it. Okay, now I don't have to do it. Well, and that's my, that was what I was about to say. Is I've <laughs> talked to so many leaders who are like, yeah, I got out and, and I got to know everybody on you know in the office. Okay, great. So when was the last time you walked around and said hi to everybody? Oh, I got to keep doing that? Yep. <laughs> you know, it's... It's, it's always, it's, it's constant, it, consistent and constant engagement. Which is, 
the opposite of what I was just saying is like if you've put the bait on the hook and you you know, and then you got to be patient with it. So there are some things that need to be continually groomed and so, and uh, what's cared for. And there are other things that you need to just like leave out there and let wait. How do you determine which one is which? Easy. This, uh, this, if who you who or what you're dealing with is is inherently constantly evolving. That's it. If you the, have, it to, has you have a, to grow. If, yeah. if it if it has the ability to grow, then you have to continue to grow. If it has a pulse, you probably need to continue yeah. to build the relationship. Right? If it's a it. living, breathing thing, that means plants, animals. Like you have to grow with it. You have a pet. Pets are just like when they are little, they have a certain personality and they grow into something else. You have to adapt with that. You have to change with that. Children, your work section, the people in your job, they're constantly leaving you and having different life experiences, which is going to make them different when they when they you know um, show up at each day. But if you don't understand and you don't have your finger on the pulse at all times, you're not going to be able to see the growth within them. You can tell them, I want you to grow. You should do it like this. But you can't be caught off guard when it never happens. And that's a big one. Mm -hmm. when, when people say, when the leaders say, you need to be here. You need to be here. And they say, this, you need to be here to, to, the, to five different people the same way and then wonder why only one of them makes it there. Because everybody learns differently. You have to bring value to them differently. You have to understand them differently. And to, to I mean, I always, when I think of team, I always think of Vince Lombardi every time because he talk about how you need to love your team and all that because that means to love someone, to love what you do, to love anything, it means that you have a deeper understanding of what it brings to them and what it brings to you. And think about your athletes. And we use triathlon as an example because I think it's it's a multi-sport. Right. You wouldn't tell every single athlete you've got to be out of the water in Ironman at, you know, 54 minutes. Correct. Because you as an athlete might be a stronger swimmer than I am. So if you're coaching – if you're coaching your, you know, you, you want to get out of the water as fast as you can. But if you're coaching me, who I'm a slower swimmer but a stronger rider, you're going to tell me to conserve my energy in the swim so I can ride faster. Right. And that is leadership in and of itself is knowing each person where their strengths are so that they can excel at the right moment to to uh, reach the, the level that they're looking for. And then it comes, you know, I think this is a good point to like kind of like go back to like kind of 360 real quick is if you haven't done the work on yourself, you can't do the work on someone else. The biggest portion of, like you say, how I was aware, I wasn't aware at first. Right. But as what, what I realized is the, for me to enhance someone else's performance, I have to want enhance mine and know where I'm, it, I am limited, right? Because I only could do so much with what I have. But if I don't realize the value I do or do not bring, I can't bring that value to someone else. Because if I'm lacking in an area that I think that other person needs, either I need to, you know, get spun up on it or I need to point them into a different direction. But most people are trying to fix everyone else instead of fix themselves. And that formula is disaster because now you're saying do as I say, not as I do. And you cannot fix anybody else. You, The Not only never. person you can <laughs> fix is yourself. All you can do for others, my opinion, is build an environment where they can be the best version of themselves. You can I fix don't, yourself. I, I don't think you need to, it needs to be your opinion. I think it needs to be be gospel. Yeah, you can, you can <laughs> fix yourself. All you can do for others is build an environment. 
And they had to make the choice. And they have to make the choice. Yeah. And I and I believe that the leaders that I was involved with, they that was that's the good thing about like I'm glad I went through the military is because even though like I'm so glad I'm out, <laughs> I also am uh, am very grateful for the lessons that I've learned and being because not everybody's this lucky. Uh, even in the military, even in the corporate world, not I've learned this more about the corporate world, even more to, as I have has left have left, is that. Everybody doesn't get the exposure that everyone else gets. So sometimes, like I had, I can just I can go back through a line of great leaders that I've had. I've had some bad ones too, but I've had a, more ones that have brought value to my life that have taken value away. Um, and I think that's in, again in 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 that team setting. You know, we talk about as the leaders, but really understanding what type of leader you have leading your team is very important. Right? Are they capable? You can't get frustrated if you have a leader that is that doesn't understand you, doesn't know you. They're not they're not consciously leading you, um, because they may have not done the work. They may not even know they need to do the work because nobody's had that conversation with them. So sometimes you have to either change the team that you're going to be on. If that's not the place you need to be, go to where you need to be, or have a conversation with that person and ask them some some really deep questions. And it's not it's not always you would say, well, that's not my place. Well, if you're judging them based on how they're treating you, then it is your place. Lead up or leave. Yeah. Those are the choices you have, <laughs> not necessarily in the military, right, but on corporate That's or in any general. other place. But everybody's scared to talk to each other. Yeah. Well, lead up or leave. You can either, to your point, tell the person who's not leading you well how you, you know, what you need, or the other option you have is to leave yeah. that environment. A lot of people sit in victimhood and will say, my leader is horrible, but I can't do anything about it. There's a lot you can do you about it. You won't do anything about it. That's what I was saying. Right. Never tell me what you can't do. That's that's a big thing with me. I'd rather you tell me I'm not, I won't, I ain't. That, because that's conscious. <laughs> yeah, that's real. Like, I'm I'm not going to do that. I don't yeah. want to do that. Like, I, I can do something with that. Well, I can't do that. Mm, you can, but it's a choice, right? And that, that victim mentality really, it almost like, um, what is the, when you like, there's a growth. Right, but then there is like when you when you reverse when you when you start getting stupider, dumber. like regression. Yeah, regret. Yeah, that happens to you. Like if you sit there and then because everything else is moving forward, and you either staying stagnant or inherently moving backwards because you're going back to your caveman is like you know what's happening to you and you're letting forces change, but you're too intelligent for that. Like if 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 life or the people you work are not bringing you value. You have a choice. Like, that's the key with every episode we've ever had. Like, you have a choice to do whatever you choose to do, however you lead your people or lead yourself. And if you can't, if you talk about you want to move up, like especially someone listening to it right now say, hey, I want to move up, and you can't have hard conversations, leadership is not your thing yet. You have a whole lot more growing to do if you can't deal with confrontation or have an intelligent – because you don't have to come at the person, say somebody, you're my boss, and I'm like, I want to tell you that you ain't bringing me value. I don't go and say, dude, you suck. Like, right. you need to be better at this. You go in there and instead of always talking about be, – don't be judgmental. Be curious. Hey, boss, um, is there any way that you can help me develop this more – this better? Or is there is there a better way we can do this? You ask questions. That's how you learn. Because then people don't feel like they're being attacked. That you don't put them in a place where they have to stand their ground and say, beat on their chest. This is who I am. You need to listen to me or, or what. 
right? And so that's a um, a very big portion of like, and as I come back to it, is like you have to know yourself. You have to be willing to do the work. You have to be willing to do the hard work and be disciplined at it. Discipline and consistent. Discipline and consistent. And what I think discipline is, is being able to do challenging things no matter how hard they are and doing them consistently over and over to get the results that you're looking for. Yeah, and I would also say that what's going on with the dynamic in the team, you're going to go up or down as a group. And I'm thinking back to when I was a leader and – was checking in with everybody and I felt like there was just that good synergy mm-hmm. that energized me and it motivated me. So it was this weird dynamic of hopefully I was motivating them. And in turn, they were motivating me, which made me motivate them, which made them motivate me. And it was this positive spiral up. You can spiral up or you can spiral down, right. or I guess in theory, you could stay at a plateau. I would argue if you're at a plateau, you're probably more on the negative side. When you find those things that motivate your people and you are motivating them, most leaders get that reciprocal effect. Right. And then they, you know, it, the, the rising tide, you know, floats all ships and all that kind of stuff. You're all going to go up together and it's just going to continue to get better. A great leader understands that their people can enhance their performance as well. Like, if you think that your team can bring you value, can help you be better, can help you learn, because that's what, you know, can help you get better results. For yourself, not just for the mission, not just for the task at hand or the project, but it, your team can bring value. I mean, I have many cases. I have one that stood out in front of me where I had a, um, a leader come to me. Uh, I was teaching a leadership school. I was a director, and the chief instructor came to me, and he's like, the way you're, you're, you're treating and teaching your instructors makes them think like, they don't need to be there. And I wasn't disrespecting them, but I wouldn't allow them to do their jobs, right? And not allowing them, I wouldn't tell them not to do it. I would just do it for them. And he's like, if you want them to respect you, if you want them to to, to um, have the power that you say you give them, you got to let them be who they are, right? And he came to me. It was a very... At the moment, I felt I felt very uncomfortable. I was like, "Like I'm doing something wrong," and I was I'm in charge, mind you. I'm literally the one in the head guy. But he had the intestinal fortitude, as I would call it, to come to me and say, "This is what we see," and he said, "If you, this is how you could do it better, right? This is what we want. We just want to know that you're there." And and he gave me tools and he taught me something. If I did that, was one of the biggest lessons of my life. Like literally, I remember it to this day where I'm more cautious on how I'm involving myself when I'm in a part of a team. Because as a leader, sometimes we get we forget that we're leading and we think that we're part of the, the work group and we want to do what they should be doing. And then they're like, so why am I here? Well, and that gets to the point of also as a leader identifying when there's conflict between team members and if, you know, you were to put this in a sports setting, if you've Feels got— performance. Well, yeah. if you've got one player that's hogging the ball and is taking the focus away from everybody else or the team as a whole, that's the leader's responsibility because we're talking about enhancing performance and motivating people. What demotivates people is when somebody's being a ball hog. Not being seen. And that's yeah. a part of the leadership's responsibility is to go in and have that tough conversation with that person and say, you're being a ball hog you need to spread the love and, and pass, right? And and be more of a team player. 
that is a part of increasing and enhancing motivation uh, to increase performance yeah. as well. And I think that would be a part of the equation, right, is, is I would add then watching or observing to listening to increase performance. I feel, I feel I need to address this because um, some people are like, oh, maybe I have to be a ball hog because everybody else is not efficient. Well, if you're the leader and somebody you have to be the ball hog or you have to allow somebody else to do it, that means you didn't build the right team. Mm. Or, or if this one person is stronger than everybody else, then how do you bring value to those other people? Like, how can you make sure they get involved and how do you involve them? Because you're not you're creating a monster over here. Like, oh, he's he's a top performer, but he's not a team player, right? And they, these other people don't feel seen. So now you're not doing your job as a leader, and you're not enhancing performance. You're deteriorating because that guess what? That per that one person can only handle so much alone. Well, and what happens when the ball hog pulls a muscle and can't play? Ah! Performance then, is plummets because they, they don't know what to do. Well, that and and the chances of your team losing that game are. are and I know we're using a it. lot of sports analogies here, yeah. but you're probably going to lose because everybody's kind of sat back and like, all right, well, the ball hog's going to run the ball down and score, right? Because they're they not be, a team. They, yeah, they've become complacent because you've only focused on one area of your team. Yeah, lack of lack of motivation, lack of caring. Mm -hmm. and, and we've probably all been on teams like that. I have. Where I don't just like, like it. I don't care. I don't do ball hog. Yeah. So like, I'm, I'm big at this. Like if you – um, if you need to do it for me, then I don't need to be there. Like, mm -hmm. don't, don't, don't expect me to be all in when you all over it. <laughs> That's yeah. a good one. Don't expect me to be all in when you all over it. Like, if you give me a project, let me own it. I can't own it if you own it too. We both can't own this one thing, right? And if if I'm not performing at a level, then do what leaders do. Guide me. Point me in the right direction. Show me how to learn. Teach me something. And so I can be better at it and give me the tools I need so when you're not around, I can perform at the exact same level. Yeah. So as we kind of start closing this up, what we need to send our listeners away with some takeaway tips when it comes to performance. And I think we agree that performance is the sum of the equation. Correct. Right? It's the end result. It's the end result. Right. So I would say, you know, as we can maybe bounce these back and forth, I would say caring about your people is one of the factors in that equation. Okay. The uh, well, two would be work on your own personal performance before you work on someone else's self awareness. Self awareness is key. Okay. Uh, sight, sound, thoughts, emotions. You need to understand you before you before you can pretend to understand anyone else. I would add listening to the equation. Listen to your people. Listen to yourself. Listen to what's going on around you. Understanding, understand the situation. Understand the the. The project, understand the type of people that you have that are that are that make up your team. And when you understand them, I think you're gonna see them differently. I would add appreciation. Appreciating your people too. and those around you and the hard work that they are putting in. Yeah. So I can keep going. Grace, compassion, empathy. <laughs> all, love. Love. <laughs> all all the things. Right. Bury your ego um, is one. Is let let your ego go. Don't think you need to know it all or be it all when you – the whole point of having a team and enhancing um, the performance of them is by enhancing yourself too because you may be the leader, but you're also a part of that team. That's right. So I would say don't look at the performance by itself. Look at the things that lead up to the performance. Right. That would be the key takeaway. And that's going to uh, bring us to the end of this episode. It is, and it was an amazing episode, and I – Started to really understand my topic for today. 
<laughs> so we, uh, you know, and I think this is a great segue. We are trying to enhance our performance in this podcast. Every day. Every day. Every time I talk, not say too many ums, uhs, or tap on the table, or be far away from the mic. I think we've... I, no, I don't think. I know we've gotten better at a lot of different things, but we, but we've had the feedback from others, and that's that was going to be my segue. Is is we need your feedback. Let us mm -hmm. know, let us know how we're doing. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you would like to see, what you don't necessarily like. We're open to all of it because uh, we do want to be better at this. The better the the better we can be at it, the more you want to listen to it, and then if the more you want to listen to it, the more value you can bring to yourself and your team and the organization that you're a part of. And the more you want to listen, the more it motivates us to keep going. Ha! Yeah, because if you ain't listening, we're gonna do this for so long. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, as we close off, uh, you know, as always, please leave us some reviews, give us the stars, uh, let us know what you're thinking. And we will bring you the best, the most current, and most knowledgeable information that we can based off your feedback. Those stars are very important because we want to know how much you enjoy each episode. If we need to, like, hone in on the topic uh, a little bit more next time. And all these, the feedback that you give us and the, the praise also, I want to tell you, we appreciate you, your thank yous and the things that you learn. And I'm, I'm hoping and I'm praying that you are bringing value to other people's lives just like we're bringing to yours. Yeah, this is the drop, and you all are the ripple. So that's uh, going to close it out for today. I holla. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. See you later. Bye.